0: Welcome to the International Perspective Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Muñoz. This is an on-course production where we discuss the success stories, mindsets, and challenges of international students in order to better prepare you in your own journey. Hello, Sergey. How are you doing?
1: Doing fine. Thank you for inviting me, Daniel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm really excited about this conversation. There's, I'm sure there's going to be lots of uh, really cool things to talk about here. And for people that might not be familiar with you um, mm-hmm. could you like maybe give a brief introduction about yourself
1: sure so like most of you listeners i am an international or uh or an international student uh it stays with you uh i came from india uh calcutta and a long long time ago uh 2006 uh many of you were not born at that time probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh but uh uh one thing has remained constant is the struggle once you come here. So anyway, um I graduated with PhD from um, electrical and computer science. Uh my de- uh our dean, uh, Wendy Heinzelman, was my advisor. Uh, still is my advisor. It's a lifelong commitment. Uh, (laughs) From then on, I went on to figure out what I really wanted to do because my uh, PhD thesis was on wireless communications and uh, communications in general. Um, And I had done an internship at Toyota at that time. Um, So I worked at, I had my own startup, first in Buffalo, uh, which I did with a friend of mine who um, is a Navy veteran and uh, was doing that for his entrepreneurship uh, class. It was actually very successful and I was scared that it will take away from my research side, which I wanted to keep <laughs> myself valid. Um, so finally we decided to uh, shell it, although it was showing promising results uh, and it can be like a drug let me tell you one thing uh be careful if you step into an entrepreneurship stuff anyway so after that i decided to um do autonomous driving because in 2015 um 2013 2014 it was try- starting to uh pick up and me having been interned at Toyota it seemed like a logical step mm-hmm. and all my tools were there um my advisor, uh, Wendy, always says uh, that, you know, PhD is like, um, uh, it's like a project. It gives you a certain tools and it's up to you how you use that bag of tools. Right. So a PhD is not really a degree. It gives you a skill set and don't be afraid to use it. And that's what I convinced myself. And then Basically, I spent four years at Ford. I was very lucky in the sense that I was selected by, uh, interviewed by uh, the chief engineer of Ford himself. And um, so I had direct contact with all of um, him all the time. And the projects were mostly machine learning based, um, some of which you can find right now in Ford F-150. Then uh, after four years at Ford, An opportunity came, which was very significant because uh, it um, embodies both machine learning and my thesis, which was wireless communication. So Mm. basically, that is a traffic management company called Light. And the Bay Area, basically the city of San Jose, approached us saying that they wanted to make the notorious traffic better. (laughs) <laughs> and they were giving us control of 17 uh, intersections uh, real time. So we could do anything with the lights. Uh, and that included major intersections. And I was in charge of how to make them efficient so that the buses were always on time, had the least amount of um, you know, uh, travel time. So that was interesting because it was entirely machine learning, but also combined with network, like network theory because, you know, um, that was my um, forte uh, to begin with. Um, then this is before, just before coronavirus. I didn't know this, but thankfully it aligned very well. I have been trying to do something for a long time, which is um, I'm not only an international student, Um, I'm also um, gay, so LGBTQ, and I had a coming out experience when I was Mm -hmm. in University of Rochester, Um, and it was incredibly, I would say if I had to pick uh, two moments from my life, or two top three moments from my life, I think this would be the top moment of my life. in terms of making me uh, the person I always wanted to be, but never had the courage to do it. Uh, Not just come out, be myself. Like it doesn't have to be gay or straight or anything. It just gave me the courage to be myself and do what I really want to do, not being afraid. And um, the journey that started um, in 1997 and ended in 2027 when I realized what I wanted to do, uh, 20, uh, 2007, so 10 <laughs> uh, decades, um, and I really wanted to write it, and I was uh, encouraged by uh, my uh, directors at Ford, um, and then many of my interns at Ford, um they uh they really wanted me to write and uh they, they heard about me like i talk a lot right. so I can tell. um <laughs> and they told me that i should definitely do it because it can help many others not even not just lgbtq because it's very relatable what i had come through most teens most uh anyone in my shoes which is almost uh, a huge population will will face these challenges and it's important to understand that these are just temporary so i took time off uh to write that the first draft is nearly complete and the editors are uh, looking at it um and uh while they're looking at it i have now joined something which i also uh, passionate about is um you know um Different project, which is uh, early diagnosis of Mm. uh, diseases like Parkinson's, ALS, and everything. My dad has been diagnosed with Parkinson's, and this is the um, misdiagnosed first. And then uh, at my sister's wedding, one of my uh, MD friends saw him and found and told me that uh, something doesn't seem right. I think he has Parkinson's. And this is the only uh, job I applied myself, RESTware through LinkedIn. Uh, they reached out to me and I got it. And um, so far, so good. it's new, but I really like it. So that right. in short is myself.
0: Yeah, that's an incredible journey. And, you know, sort of like going from, you know, the start, the challenges that that I'm sure you're, you'll you're talk about more later on, but also this aspect of building this skill set that and this mm-hmm. you know tool set, as you were saying, to then be able to leverage it in a bunch of different scenarios. So, yeah. I, I would like to know a little bit more as to that, right? Like, I know you you know you did a master's and you, then you got your PhD, right? And so, like, what made you want to sort of like go for that instead of saying, hey, you know what, let's go for The industry straight out right like why build that skill set and you know what what do you think you got out of it
1: um it is something i realized out of seeing my uh so i come from a family of overachievers in the sense that (laughs) Uh, a lot of indian families or asian families will relate to that that many of the parents want them to become engineers or doctors Mm -hmm. um and they really don't have a choice um in that sense uh and then they're forced into it whether you like it or not thankfully i was inclined to do it Uh, it was not my first choice second choice but uh i liked it nonetheless um And uh, I realized one thing is that when I see outcomes of my projects, it makes me very, very happy. Like when I Mm -hmm. see a conclusion and a conclusion does not mean what you wanted, uh, what you thought to be. Mm -hmm. For example, my master's thesis was, um, you know, using ultrasound sensors and these were very rudimentary, not the ones you see now. (laughs) Uh, So when you, Shoot an ultrasound wave and you get it back. We were trying to estimate the distance between The object that it was you know hitting Mm -hmm. and we were trying to estimate the distance between cars because um, They were a wireless network at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the sensors were so rudimentary it would hit everything the waves and (laughs) the distance would be from anywhere between two feet to 200 meters and it was all over the place and there was nothing I could do to make it okay and I was all like you know fire over my head like imagine running around in a cartoon with (laughs) fire and uh, seeing extinguishers but you know just tossing it away like you are in a horror movie and making all the bad decisions that you can do Um, but um, that's when uh, Wendy told me this is fine because you have done step-by-step step everything that is needed to do to see the problem, analyze the problem, see the resources you have at hand, and this is the most that this piece of hardware can do. And that was the challenge, not to make it successful. You know, successful would be a cherry on top but um this is in itself if you write it properly will lead to the next generation of successful uh distance mapping with ultrasonic sensors which is now everywhere in cars like if you (laughs) buy even an old car you'll find uh you know it has ultrasound sensors for parking you know um reverse uh braking and all that stuff so that was one of the first times i realized that you know I like to see the end of stuff, which mm-hmm. uh, is strange because i don 't really have much patience uh, in the <laughs> short term, like uh, people have to tell me to be patient, and when I get patient, I you know I, I finish stuff and so I realize that anything I do um, that itself becomes a, a, a tool set that you have, uh, that you uh, uh, put in your arsenal. Um, It's not like a bow and arrow, you just shoot it and it's gone. Uh, But in this case, you can actually collect back. So the more project you do, the more knowledge you get about how to tackle a problem in the future and that makes it more interesting and that's why I keep seeking out Different projects. So, so, automotive, uh, then um, I did transportation, then I'm um, healthcare. But these are all connected in the sense that they are all using the same tool set, which is uh, communications, the signal processing, machine learning, and how they can be used in different aspects, in different scenarios, and what are the outcomes because. You know, not every two situations are different situations right. can make everything completely different. Um, you know, even the mathematics stays the same, but the results will make dictate how we proceed with them. Right. So that is one thing that keeps it interesting. And that is why I chose to be in the intersection in the industry. I didn't want to be completely academia, for mm-hmm. there's very sense that in academia, sometimes you are stuck with publishing uh, an incremental improvement. Many Mm -hmm. times there is no other way because your funding and everything depends on it. Uh, As opposed to industry, if you are in a research lab, you have a flexibility of seeing your work maybe go into production. So you can be in the juncture of um, doing something new and also at the same time have the opportunity of that new thing, if successful, going to production and having the satisfaction. So it was a natural uh, organic progression and it came to realization over time. It's not just one day. It's like (laughs) after I got a a couple of data points, I found this out. That's how it happened.
0: Right, yeah, no, that makes sense. And you know, kind of like if you, you know, if you, I mean, and I feel like you might have faced this already, so that, that's kind of like why I'm bringing this up. You know, if you were like talking with some some student, right, and it's kind of like trying to to figure out, trying to decide, uh, hey, should they go more into like this like industry aspect of things, or should they go more into this like mm-hmm. research side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are those sort of things that y- that you might tell them to 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 look out for and to find personally? So that they can know how to make that decision.
1: Yes, and that is why it's super important to um, do internships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now you we are afflicted with COVID. Don't take this as uh, um, and and this might sound like cliche, and you have heard it many times. But this <laughs> is for those of you who are not graduating right now. And uh, at least not this year, like I mean, this uh, academic year right. and those of you um, can postpone it. I would say take extra credits, uh, take an internship, um, even if it is remote, uh, get your hands dirty, see what it is. Don't think about the outcome because at the end of it, um, you can still write on your resume that you had an internship. Mm -hmm. Internships are short, three months or six months at most, right? Right. Uh, You can extend it, but it is a huge thing for um, employers, whether it is in industry, whether it is you're going for academia or a postdoc or grad uh, you know a phd it's a good thing that you have a variety of experience because in both cases you need to build up interpersonal relationship you need to communicate those things are honed when you do the internship at the least the added thing is like i said if your project is successful right so to get a taste of what you like best what what is the tempo or the pace that is right for you and not what others or your friends are doing or just because your friends are doing it it is not so and mm-hmm. this is very important to understand that your friends or who you hang out with uh, does not uh, a very different person when it comes to actual your uh, uh, what you need to be successful Everyone, every person is different. Even your sister or your brother will be different. You may have more in common with a person from other side of the globe than your own family members when it comes <laughs> to giving yourself peace uh, of mind and being happy and you know uh, content of what you're doing. So I suggest uh, if you are doing, if you are just taking master's courses. Uh, I would suggest do a um, research project where you collaborate with others. Reach out to different departments where you have cross-functional uh, collaborations. Like, for example, in engineering, you can always do biomedical, reach out to biomedical engineering. You can go to strong hospital. Um, they have many projects which require uh, engineers' help. And that way you can also broaden your horizon where you can use your tool set. Right. And you can get innovative with which is what the university encourages. And who knows, it can give you a paper. It can give you a new field of application. And this is not hypothetical. This happens almost all the time when you do a project, it kind of sets the tone of what you will want to do later on because you have seen academia, then you're doing research. And then if you take an internship in a established company, uh, it can also be a startup, but you see what it is like to do you know, in the front of the uh, um, of of, of uh, where the products are being released, you will get the taste of it, and you will find out where you fit fit in. So try all those things, and this is the perfect time. They are even letting you be remote. So try, 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 and um, trust me, it is much easier to get internship than full time. So take this mm-hmm. opportunity, make your resume like really rock solid, and you in the process you will also find uh, connections. You will find friends. You will also find what you want to do.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. That's that's very insightful, and you know, kind of like relates to some of my experience as well, right? Like, um, just as you were saying, right? The, the hospital, for example, right? It's always in need of engineers, or right? it's always in need of people that have a bunch of these different skill sets. To me, as a computer science major, I've seen just how much they're so open to just say, hey, oh yeah, you have computer science skills. Like, yes, Yes, please come on in. We need you, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's very fun. You know, like, uh, it's it's not like CSI in Miami where you just, you know, (laughs) get done or whatever. It's more hands-on. But it is actually solving real problems. And it will Mm -hmm. give you real pleasure when you um the happiness is amazing like it well it's like an advent. it is a real drug uh <laughs> it can wear you out if you don't uh brace yourself so if you find someone in the same webland that they want to you know incorporate both the skill sets like the medical or it can be different departments of engineering also mm-hmm. you know mechanical engineering needs electrical engineering electrical engineering needs you know computer science there is nowadays there is no such thing as uh, um, a product which is completely enclosed in its own uh, domain there is no such thing every product is has some other aspects which needs help and that is nothing trivial so reach out you know if you want to solve a problem don't try to reinvent the wheel if someone has done it collaboration always makes you stronger and it makes you see other perspective so like you said you're you know reaching out to the medical school and everything it makes a whole lot of difference
0: oh yeah yeah and and it's uh, it's also as as what you were saying right like that breadth of experience will say like oh like i really enjoy doing this research thing Mm -hmm. like oh i really enjoy being in the industry and maybe those experiences will then let you sort of figure out you know what is it that you want to be doing and what i found really interesting that what you were saying is this aspect of Hey, like everybody has these different things mm-hmm. that they need to be successful. So like, what do you mean by that?
1: So the everybody, so not everyone wants to do what the sea is, um, is going on. For example, uh, when I was, this is nothing against the company. I'll talk about. <laughs> uh, I used their phone, which is iPhone. Okay, Yikes. and uh, everyone wanted to join Apple,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I understood that it was very tough to get in. Um, I now know how to get in. You know, and I'm pretty sure that if I interview now, uh, it's not an ego. I now f- learn from failures that mm. you know you can do it, but. I realize I don't, may not be a good fit for mm-hmm. um, the environment that I'm looking for, not because it's bad or it's good or it's better than me. It's just that I have found that I work better from experience in certain other scenarios involving certain other things. Mm-hmm. And that's why this time I chose um, uh, medical sites, which I had no experience about, mm-hmm. but I know data. And I know that, you know, I, I can understand, I can make sense of data using my mathematical knowledge and everything. And I can, by logic, to, you know, find out what what's going on. And that only comes from if you, if you choose to explore. If you find yourself very restrictive, that is the first thing you need to get rid of. And that's what I meant when I said that, explore and reach out to people you have to be a little bit more proactive and break out of your shell i understand that like unlike me many of you may not be an an extrovert i've seen more introverts in engineering than extroverts okay be an extrovert uh don't force yourself but you know don't feel like people are annoyed by you if people are annoyed by you they're lost you know you (laughs) Be yourself and ask questions and even if it doesn't pan out, it might give you a hint. You will find it in the most interesting of places when you don't even realize it and it will give uh, give you an idea and and it may not be what you're looking for uh, uh, consciously, but it would be the thing that you actually need um, really to make you happy and productive. And when you are happy and productive, that's when your brain starts to open up and you start to be productive and that's like a domino effect and you are on a roll and then you get going and that, you know, translates to many and that it itself opens many other doors because you make more connections. So that is the thing. You have to get yourself out there and there is no fixed rule for anyone. Like I said, Two persons are completely different. Their trajectories are very, very different. And don't be afraid of doing something that others are not doing, like going back to school or thinking that okay, I need to do this degree. Um, yes, it's important to see what others have learned from them. It's equally important to see what you want out of your, um, you know, time because that's you cannot increase that that it is reducing every day so Mm -hmm. so that is what i want to mean that you know no two persons are different you have to find your own tool set the books can give you only so far the rest of the tool set is up to you like a video game go around explore (laughs) and collect it is literally that there is no it is nothing different you have to look in all corners turn on all the boards and the covers and everything find what tools are in there to survive in this case, make your, your life a better, you know, um, where you're going. And the other thing is nothing is set in stone. Um, if you go to industry, doesn't mean you cannot come back to academia. Like Wendy and others invited me back to give a talk at the University of Rochester. Mm-hmm. And then my a couple of my friends told me that, hey, if you really love teaching this much, why don't you join one of the national labs? They would love to have you. And um, I considered it. I'm still on the fence. Maybe it will happen later on when I uh, when I have a little, um, you know, more time mm-hmm. and um, a little bit more stable um, financially. That is, like, right. I don't have to worry about finance or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll do that. Um, so don't close yourself off from opportunities, and don't think that. Um, Just because you're in some place or industry or academia or somewhere in between, you cannot go to another place. And to do that, you have to go back to school. That's not the truth. You have earned your degree once you have done your uh, undergrad and master's, you know, PhD, whatever you have done. And then the rest you do is you're collecting tools, everyday experiences, and then you are moving forward.
0: Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And I feel like th- there were a, lo- a lot of different things to unpack there. You know, this aspect of uh, the resilience being uh, comfortable with with failure and saying, hey, mm-hmm. you know what, like this didn't work out. Hey, how can I improve? How can I uh, go better? Uh, mm-hmm. And then this aspect of also, you know, figuring out yourself and, you know, there's this aspect of figuring out yourself, but then there's also this aspect of growing a little bit beyond yourself, right? Like, yeah, it's if, if not
1: comfortable, you- but you have to mm-hmm. do it.
0: Yeah, totally. Right. Like if you're an introvert, right. And, you know, this kind of happened to me, right. Like mm-hmm. uh, coming into the university, I wasn't really used to like reach out to people or like, you know, if I'm in the dining hall saying, hey, like, I know you like coming over, let's, let's eat. And then like, yeah, obviously it's a lot harder during COVID. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, ha- inviting all of these people over and stuff like that, that's a skill that I that I sort of like learned to develop. And, and some of
1: you f- have to learn this skill. And mm-hmm. uh, although I'm an extrovert, I have to tell you that before I came out, um, so, you know, this is, this is because of my situation, but um, I would say a lot of people will find themselves in the same situation, not because of my um, being gay, but many other Mm -hmm. things. They may be naturally introvert, you know, Uh, I had to be introvert because I was very conscious about, you know, well, what what if people finds out? So I was, shy and my actual personality which screamed to reach out to people would not let me do that mm-hmm. and so it was a, like a strained not spontaneous reaching out right so mm-hmm. once I uh, I got rid of the burden and I tried to reach out and it was not perfect but it was more sincere and that way I made more friends uh, actual friends who would stick by me and and it i found it at the most unexpected places and they were not in the uh, all all of them didn't look like me all of them did not uh, you know they were not from the same age range or they may be younger or older uh you know different ethnicities but at the end i know i can count on them and this is the other thing which is networking that's another mm-hmm. thing when they taught me is that as bad as it sounds not everything here or around the world is done by your merit you will see people whose merit is far greater than you reach nowhere because they are not reaching out because who else is mother teresa you know uh reaching <laughs> out for people and helping them not many you know you have to make that journey yourself and I see a lot of people, a lot of kids stuck there. And um, now I consciously make that when I do uh, a mentor interns, I actually reach out to them and they open up. And that's why, you know, um, I I decided to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to tell all of you is that you do reach out, do talk to everyone, and not just people who are like you, but people who are completely not like you. And that will open doors to something which you have not imagined, and it is not just saying or inspir- inspirational saying. This is life experience, and this is how it works. And when it happened to me, I was like, "Wow, this really happens!" Like, <laughs> we just said this, and now we are working on this. I'm like, "This is like in, the, in like what happens in the movies. Like, hey, just just do it, and I just did it. Hey, just let's move move across the country." I couldn't even think before that, you know, moving across the country uh, would be, uh, you know, a a possibility. But one day I just got fed up. I'm like, I am fed up of looking jobs here. I'm going to look jobs in Silicon Valley. One day I reached my breaking point. And I looked and I immediately applied in five seconds, which I procrastinated for two years. Mm -hmm. And that set the ball rolling. So make sure that point comes to you, you know, and that will open up everything. This For me, this was a job search. There were many other cases where it involved people like Mm -hmm. my friend Vincent coming up to me and saying, hey, do you want to do a project with me for my entrepreneurship stuff? And it became a actual successful uh, company for a while. Mm -hmm. So do it, be spontaneous, but you know, um, after you have done your studies and everything, those are important still.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, in a way also kind of like in parallel to those studies, right? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, one of the things that I found is, you know, you can be successful in your classes and, you know, do well and, you know, go ahead and like study for hours and hours and hours, but there's also uh, a lot of strength or a lot of knowledge that can come out of just discussing things with friends and saying, hey, let's just all get together, have a study session and let's go and like study for this exam. And then, yeah. you know, that turns out really well. And you build it's those It's all in your
1: mind. Uh, you mm-hmm. cannot just study all alone all the time. It's exhausting. So yeah. um, you have to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So I
1: highly
0: and, it. and sort of like, I'm curious, right? Because like a lot of people, you know, you know, might come from cultures where, you know, being really extroverted or really reaching out to a bunch of people. It's not very common, right? And That's here you know. in, in the States, you know, it can be you know one of those things where, like, in a way, it's kind of like expected, right? There's you're sort of like seen as you gotta reach out yes, to people and talk is, and talk it, and talk. I would
1: not say it is expected. They encourage it. That does not mm-hmm. mean that these people are extrovert also. Oh yeah. I, from my experience, I have um, I this time I have to do by ethnicities because I, I don't like to break it down, but. I have in I have last time I mentored like forty kids at Ford. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I shouldn't call them kids; they take offense at that. Uh, they're very young, so they yeah. ranged from uh, my favorite intern, um, Blake, and uh, Isabel, um, were like nineteen mm-hmm. at that time. We had problem. We were thinking that okay, are they even of age so that they can come to office without their father and mother, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 coming with them? So they, were, they had not even finished undergrad and they were doing work in production. Their mm-hmm. work is right now in F-150. And she did not realize at that time that what she's doing is actually doing work for F-150, which is directly going into production, not through anyone else, directly going into production. And, you know, these are the sort of, and then on the other end of the spectrum, I had people who had PhD okay Mm -hmm. and i had people who had phd and work experience more than me Mm. okay so but at the same time one thing i found in common for all of them is that uh whether you are born in this country whether you're white black uh, latinx whether you come from india whether you come from uh africa whether you come from europe which is also different a very different culture Mm -hmm. from u.s um there is an equal amount of I would say evenly spread in the sense of extroverts and introverts, mm-hmm. not what the culture dictates, but yes. when left to the natural state, they will be either introverts or extroverts. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, if given a chance, all of them can actually flourish. Yes. So it's important to understand that, uh, for everyone introverts or extroverts that, you know, if you reach out to them, you can get many different kinds of responses and not all responses are what it may seem at first. You may seem from your perspective that they were rude for them, it may not be rude at all. They may be very inviting or something, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah, and many times when uh, something seems snide, it may not be snide because that's, it may be the language barrier. It may mm-hmm. be, they don't have that in the vocabulary period, like, you know, um, how to address that kind of situation. That makes an, and that, you won't ever understand if you don't reach out and have those pitfalls. So I encourage you to have those pitfalls, make mistakes, you know, and then when you understand the nuances of the subtleties of the cultures and why you know it is why it is like that, um, then you will start to understand and your uh, communications and will get better, and it will not be a chore anymore and it will actually be fun. And that's why I I would encourage you to just go library, not the library, talking in the library is not great. <laughs> uh, you know, they join the different groups and you know have group studies, in, uh, include others, mm-hmm. include everyone, not just people who are from your own hometown, uh, uh, people, from, you know, uh, kids from every places, you know, in your class at least ask them, see what happens, you know, and don't be afraid to share personal stories, like how you do it in India and why you do it, what you like about it, dislike about it. Even if you waste the entire class talking, it will help for a better um, next class when you are comfortable with each other and, you know, um, your productivity will increase. So be prepared to fail in both communications uh like communicating with other people embarrassed being embarrassed that's a good thing shake it off um and go out there make yourself available no one will notice you unless you go out
0: oh yeah no that's very true and sort of like that kind of like speaks to this aspect of adapting to to the culture and sort of like mm-hmm. hey you're coming into this like new place and you know how do you even like adapt and how do you even sort of like grow and i'm curious as to how that experience was for you and, and i think you could also maybe touch upon how um, the rochester right and being in rochester sort of like help you grow in more ways than just adapting to a culture
1: yeah i'll tell you a story this is also in my book um <laughs> so i grew up unlike many indians in my era so um uh, when i was growing up in 1997 cable tv was very recent and we didn't have cable but um indian uh, tv had 2 hours of mtv uh they uh, uh unfiltered there was no censorship or anything uh it was mtv europe between uh, from 5 to 7 in the evening and um uh, at night 12 to uh 2 they would do it okay and only in the metros so metros as in the big four big cities like calcutta bombay uh, Chennai and Delhi um, so i don't think many other there there is a very select population who got uh access to that okay <laughs> and obviously your mom and dad may not let you see uh you know um, MTV uh because you know my my dad used to scream wow what are you watching with the sister you're living there, <laughs> you're making the astray but the thing is me and my sister were more interested in the The concept of just the videos was so fascinating, and when the m t v logos would go across the screen and you know make the animations and all that stuff, those were very new to to us and that is what like uh, set the bar for like you know when people see Bollywood movies and think that all Indians you know are always dressed like that in those heavy embroidered stuff and go to bed wearing makeup wake up with makeup and even in Indian TV all the time it's like that we mm-hmm. do not do any of that you know okay in, in the house we are just as normal as any other people yeah. but the thing is I grew up so I grew up watching Hollywood movies and everything and I thought Everything would be like New York City. So if I go downstairs, there would be a deli. I would uh, have coffee and everything. You know, so um, so I just booked my flights. I, I, I had a chat with... A couple of Indian students who are going uh, to Rochester also, University of Rochester. Mm-hmm. And my mother implored me that, hey, you have not listened to me ever in my entire life. You have done whatever you wanted to do. So why don't you take this very nice boy who is also going to uh, University of Rochester as your roommate. You file together for a uh, 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 apartment uh, in the um, University Park, I think, at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, I think it still is University Park. It exists. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and um, and I'm like, okay, fine. You know, turns out it was not the right thing to do. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get along at all with him. We had nothing in common except we come from the same uh, country Right. and zero commonality. And um, but you have to start somewhere. So I learned from that, that, you know, it's, and then the other thing I noticed was, oh, the first day, I have to tell you about the first day, this is why it's important to plan ahead is that um, I didn't take advantage of the, uh, the different students uh, association that exists. Mm-hmm. It's important to take help of them, you know, um, they can lift you for, uh, upwards. I thought that, you know, my my notion was, okay, I will come and, you know, what, we will just order stuff and it will be fine, right? Um, I came on a Saturday. When I landed in Rochester, there was literally me and the roommates. There was no one else in the Rochester because we was going through a revamp and it Mm. was 6 p.m. on a Saturday. Everything was like, you know, it was 17th of, uh, I think, August, and it was like a, a, you know, where Henrietta, there was nothing there. And when they took us to, so I took the taxi, when they took us to University Park, I got the key uh, from our uh, office, and then I went into the room, and then there is nothing else, not, I'm not talking about the room, I didn't expect the room to be empty, but there is no shops around. We walked in the wrong direction, actually, instead of walking towards the city because there was no iPhone at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have any map or anything. So we just kept walking and we walked towards more away from the city towards Whipple Park. And <laughs> yes, and we didn't see any shop or anything. And then what do I do? So I had to find a phone and there were no, I didn't have a phone. So I... Finally, I went uh, sideways and found Strong Hospital, and there was a phone which needed quarters. Mm. I didn't have quarters. (laughs) So it says that there's a bank there. So I got lost in Strong Hospital, and they were closing down, so they were nice enough to give me uh, quarters. So I called um, my, after one and a half hour, came outside uh, uh, Strong Hospital, called my cousin who lives in Virginia, and she ordered Chinese over the internet. Uh, and that's how I spent my first day, on the floor. <laughs> uh, uh, it was very, I will never forget that, and that's why. And then next day, I found uh, like the student's office, and <clears throat> they were horrified to find out what had happened, and they set me up with a student from our, you know, who uh, took us to Walmart and everything. Uh, Wegmans and we did the shopping immediately I ordered a bed and everything so first you do take help of your um, you know whatever country you're coming from reach out to associations now because of your phones and everything many things are much more accessible you can vet them you can have your own house you can have all those set up so that make sure those are set up before you go so that you don't land into problem of being you know, uh, uh, not no nothing to eat or bathroom, whatever it is. Oh, Simple yeah. things we take for granted. It's not New York City. If you're going to New York City, it's different. <laughs> going to any other town is different. New York City is not representative of United States. Um, anyway, so after that, once you're settled in, and you have your room, you have your bed, you have your clothes, and you have your you know cooking utensils and everything reach out to your classmates like who are gonna if you're a phd know your peers from different countries um uh, find out i would say this is one of the most important things i would say find out groups on your campus which does things other than just for example me as a indian everyone would do what other indians would do (laughs) and i felt very very suffocated for that because Mm -hmm. me as a person i just wanted to explore and i wanted to talk to everyone not mm-hmm. just you know because i had a rough my, my my roommate was bengali but we had nothing in common like mm-hmm. i did not literally speak his language in the sense that if i told him i don't know if you have heard about the band tlc he had no idea what tlc is mm-hmm. i didn't know what he was talking about he didn't know what i was talking about and he thought so it was it was not uh, it, i had nothing in common and he was not very communicative so, you know, it doesn't mean that the person who is next to you can be your friend. It could be your friend, but you need to explore. So that's how I started to reach out and then went to different clubs and everything. And, you know, went to um, our, our Rochester's K-Lands and everything. And started to things started to open up. And that's how I started to make up my network. And guess what? The, that is the network which later on supported me get my fit into the industry Mm. and help me through um, everything. So that's how you find it. I mean, you will be very, very uh, surprised what those simple steps of going to these different places can help you, you know, just take the flyer off the, you know, that is on the board. Do it. (laughs) Just go there. What's the worst that can happen?
0: Yeah. It's like, Oh, this sounds interesting. Like I've never tried. Like, Oh, let's just go. Take it. Mm -hmm. Take it.
1: And uh, the, the, one of the biggest part is uh, of um, uh, coming abroad. You are here to get education and mm-hmm. that education does is not just the books. You're coming here for a reason. The reason is you have to um, expand beyond what you have seen. And that yeah. can only come from examples. We learn by examples, just as mathematical models of AI. Yeah. They are <laughs> learned by examples. So... Those examples are right by you. So don't just pick the person who is exactly like you. Pick a person who is not like you. And it may not go well, but there are chances a few of them will go well. And then there is no looking back. So Mm -hmm. do it.
0: Yeah. And I feel like being comfortable with like, oh, yeah, I reached out to this person. We kind of talked, but, you know, the vibe wasn't quite there. And then just being able to just go and reach out to more people. I feel like that is a a very crucial step.
1: It doesn't mean that you don't have to be yourself. Mm -hmm. That is what you're bringing to the plate. Uniqueness, right? You can also teach them about yourself and they can tell you about themselves. It's a mutual learning. And it's like seeing um, iPhone for the first time well because i got the pleasure of that you guys grew up with that so (laughs) i know when it first came out i was in line and when i first got to see it uh it's a new something new Mm -hmm. uh, that no one has ever seen before so that is something that will happen every time and trust me that gets rarer as you get older in life so this is the right time to do it to expand your horizon and see how many different things are out there because later on, you may not get the opportunity to do so.
0: Right. No, no, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, as you're talking about this, right, I, I'm, I'm curious, right. You're, you're talking about, okay, reaching out to a bunch of people, reaching out to a bunch of different events. Like, oh, there's this interesting flyer. Let's just go there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing, you know, you might be like bringing along some friends. It's like, yeah. oh, like, oh, like, I don't know what that is. It's like, let's just go. Um, yeah. but, you know, as you're talking about all of this, I'm curious like how was how is this um this process for you because i I know you also you also mentioned how being in Rochester was very crucial to to your growth your personal yeah. growth uh and so I'm curious as to how that you know came to be and how that helped you being in this environment
1: so first of all, Rochester is a very welcoming place, I would say mm-hmm. it is um the country right now is very divided um, and I'm saying as a U.S. citizen right now um, mm-hmm. who has been uh, uh, living in offset New York in the where I'm the only brown person but no one else sees me like that um, you know so I understand so that is the part of my life like I go you know I go on canoeing with a bunch of uh, six pack of beer. Uh, you know, with all my friends, and that may be relaxation, and some people, sometimes my friend took me hunting, I never wanted to hire hurt one fly in my life, I like, I didn't want to do, like, you know, we had a pond, we had, uh, you know, a lake for fishing, I never went there, we owned it, never mm-hmm. went there, because I didn't want to see a fish being, you know, killed or whatever, mm-hmm. then I went there, Something I like, something I didn't like, you know, but it was an eye-opening experience. Uh, But now it is in a very divisive state. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that is not always the case. I would tell you one thing for sure is that people in general are want the same thing. They want a a good future for themselves, all Mm -hmm. of them. And in general, people are kind, I would say. Um, people are generally kind and you may not think that because um, we have so many so much differences in culture and everything and that's why I encourage all the time to understand what kindness means in different you know and then you will see at the core it's the same Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, to come back to the question you know what um, you know um, you wanted to ask me about um, how what are the uh, challenges I faced, or whatever?
0: Uh, yeah, a little bit of your challenges, and then the growth that came along with it. The, the growth that your came experience.
1: Up, right? So, first thing that you should know that you should think that you should give them the benefit of doubt before assuming anything. Rochester mm-hmm. is a very liberal place. You are in a very good uh, uh, place, uh, much uh, more welcoming than many other parts of the country. Um, so don't be hesitant to reach out. Um, That's the number one thing. And when I was coming out, I was um, scared of many things. Mm. One was being judged, you know, one was, and the other thing that was suffocating to me was, um, so this is nothing against uh, any ethnicities or uh, minorities or, international students you know we all come from cultures where we are taught to mimic them without understanding what it actually does to other people right Mm -hmm. so traditionally gays and LGBTQ people has already always been subjugated and you know uh, derided so I was always scared that might be the case and since i was shielded from everything when i was uh in india because you know i was in the closet and mom and dad always treat you like they're you know they're you know your blood so i didn't have mm-hmm. to face any of that at home but when i came here what was happening was since i was only um hanging out with my indian friends and they would make fun of not me uh, mm-hmm. but uh make fun of you know gay jokes and very offensive things that i would I, I I always thought that, oh, it would get better when I come here, but things magically mm. don't change unless you make that effort. Oh, okay. So if something is not, you see that that is not working for you, and this could have been a different group. This could have been the group that you have chosen. It could have been, you know, the the club that you have chosen to do, a reading club or a you know, writing club or whatever that you have chosen. That could be extremely homophobic or whatever it is, or it could be very liberal, it doesn't matter. If that environment is not good for you, don't stay there. You know, Mm -hmm. if you feel that way, you try to, you may try to tell them, hey, I am this, or uh, um, it, it may come from the fact that, you know, you do your tradition in a certain way, and that is offensive to you when you say that or whatever it is, you may tell them and they may change immediately and they may apologize, which has happened to me. And they were sincere in that. They didn't realize they were making a joke, which they were just, you know, hurt. Uh, and they were just thinking that it may make them look cool, mm. you know. Uh, so first things for us to tr- is to make yourself heard, And people will not understand you unless you speak out. Okay. Mm. You have to speak out. You have to yeah. break out of that. So that, uh, one thing I didn't do was that. That was a mistake. Uh, in the beginning. So when that happened, what I did do is that I decided it pushed me towards reaching out to other people, okay. And um, this is where I'll tell you that I, I, I hope that none of you have to go through this extreme uh, uh, lens, but I have heard from many Indians who are not gay or you know, anything, or many Chinese friends, that they were, they thought that they were not welcome. Mm. Okay, they were not welcome in the society. They were seen as a burden and, you know, they are taking jobs away and all that stuff. Mm. Rochester and New York doesn't look at you like that. I would say the vast majority of the country does not look at you like that. And the only way you can show it to them that you are a valuable member of the society is by leading an example and, may, and that is being yourself and going out. If you stay in your shell, that is not going to happen. So one thing that happened to me was that I was so frustrated. I First of all, I had to deal with the, my um, uh, conception of New York being the same all around was shattered when I came to Rochester, that there was no stores nearby where I can walk to. Now there are. You have campus mm-hmm. and where there are stores and everything, right? Yeah. Uh, there were not at the time. Uh, that happened when I was leaving. So um, s- uh, so I was, all I saw was the four walls of my lab and no one talked to each other. So our lab was pretty diverse. Mm-hmm. So um, next to me was my very good friend, Oh, who is uh, Chinese. Uh, mm-hmm. And we are still very close friends. Uh, on the other side, there was this French guy who I always thought was very snobby as now is my very <laughs> good friend. Uh, then there was this Turkish guy who I thought was very happy-go-lucky. And there was another Taiwanese guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and there was two uh, Americans. One of them was uh, uh, two of them. Both of them were, were Rochester natives. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them, Ryan, was the only one who invited me to my first hockey game. And, uh, since I supported the Rangers, I was, um, and not the Sabres, I was on detention in the other room, in the other TV. Um, (laughs) So I got a, I got a test of that. And that was the first time I decided I will break out of this. So Mm -hmm. I started talking in the lab. I started talking to, oh, very soon we were chatting. And as you can tell, my voice is not very soft. It is very loud and Suddenly, everyone started to join.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And suddenly, after a couple of weeks, uh, our lab was, you can hear the chatter coming out of our lab. You know, it is, it is yes. like alive. And the only person who didn't talk was our French guy, uh, <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> Christopher. So we had to go and bug him. It turned out he is. Like a kind of, um, a little bit introvert, but he does enjoy talking. So we started talking and we learned, you know, um, now he's, he and I are well connected on, we use Facebook just to stay in touch, you know, so mm-hmm. he's in the, on the other coast. Anyway, so that happened. And that was the first clue to me that, and, oh, my mom made some uh coconut macaroons which are Mm -hmm. made in a very bengali way uh Mm. uh, bengal being the province that i come from Mm -hmm. um and um i gave it to um so it it is my favorite cookie and i have a sweet tooth so instead i decided to give it to my uh so the my first ryan and then oh and then we started exchanging and we started to dissect which one is what why do we like this taste and everything mm-hmm. um, and why someone has uh this kind of taste you know, so we started to explore different kinds, and we were not shy about uh, you know speaking out. We realized we had reached our comfort uh zone okay, so this is one good thing and that, and at the same time i had i was i didn't know how to get out of the toxic environment that I was in where I was listening to the gay jokes all the time. Mm -hmm. And it turned out my best friend there also, uh, who I was out to, I was the only person, he was the only person I was out to um, told them and they were making fun of me and it didn't go well. And um, you can find it now on University of Rochester's campus news uh, that I tried to jump off of the Highland, um, uh, the, the Highland building ninth floor. The window that you see by the elevator is the window that I broke. Um, I, w- I would have jumped off, um, but there was uh, this uh, amazing group of people in the university that came together. So there were 24 police cars that came there and then there were fire trucks. I was just sitting on the, um, the broken window ledge And that was the first time the snow has started flooring. I've never seen snow in my life. So one side was frozen and the other side was on the heater, the vent of the window. Mm -hmm. It was like extremely hot. And then there was this bunch of police officers on this side who were trying to talk to me. Um, They were very nice. And some of them even tried to make jokes because they saw that I was very snarky. One of them, <laughs> the, the police officer was like, son, son, can you take the flower pot away so that I can see your face? I want to talk to you. And I'm like, I'm not rat bit. You don't have to, you know, just call me flower pot. So I made them call me flower pot, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And then um, I was just waiting for my mom to say goodbye to her um, because I would have jumped, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the after two hours when I got, and she was in school because she's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And at that time, there was no cell phones and everything. So I got her school phone number from my father after two hours of yelling over the phone. And they realized that was the only way they could get me off the ledge. So they jammed my phone. And at that point I had all my rage has left. So it was Mm -hmm. not for me as like, oh, I'm gay, I'm gonna kill myself. It was Mm -hmm. like, I was very, very um, angry with everyone else. That's, Mm -hmm. and rejected by everyone else. And that is a, emotion that many people who are not gay at all or anything that nothing to do with being gay feel when they come over to the United States a sense of not belonging Mm -hmm. that is the most important part if you have that feeling you have to be proactive and not proactive in the sense to be destructive for yourself remember if you are destructive you will not see the uh, you know the the next step. So mm-hmm. the best thing that happened to me is when I came off the ledge, and I realized every um, this is the first thing that happened. Many of you may not know that there was a plane crash in Buffalo, uh, where um, a plane took off from Buffalo, I think, and it crashed in in a neighborhood and killed the um, the occupants in the room uh, mm-hmm. who were in the, watching TV. And I didn't think much of that except that it was very nearby. And it was like, you know, you you don't get to see the aftermath of the accident. Right. Mm -hmm. But when I was when I came down the ledge, some lady was crying and she came and hugged me. And she turned out to be our uh, coordinator for housing for University of Rochester. And she said that she was um, her two brothers died in that plane crash. And I am just like I, in every mannerism and everything, I am like their brother, her brother, and she would not have forgiven herself if I uh, killed myself. Mm -hmm. So, and then from then on, I started to get help from the most unexpected places. Mm -hmm. University of Rochester reached out to me, made sure that I had the best healthcare, as in mental health care and, and you know, they did not put me uh, by New York state laws. I could have been in a psych, psych ward for a long time. You know, I mm-hmm. could have my visa revoked. I could have been, but none of that happened. From then point onwards, it was only going up for me because I had in a traumatic way broken off the shelf. The thing that I want to talk about from this is that you do not have to go through this extreme lens to break out of your shell. You can take my word that it is not worth going to that extent. However, if you break out of your shell, the next part of the journey is amazing. You will have failures, but people will reach out and people who you thought were uh, condescending or, you know, are or, or, or not polite may turn out to be the person who is actually very sincere and will help you in your hour of need when no one actually helps you. So keep an open mind, reach out. That's, That's my mantra and it applies to everything. And it applies to your growing process and growing out of and adjusting to this also. Keep an open mind always. And remember, until proven, proven otherwise, you know they are. You should always give people a benefit of doubt, no matter how jaded you get. So that's mm-hmm. the gist of this. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, that, that's that's an amazing story, and yeah, you know, really appreciate that that you shared that with us. Um,
1: oh, it's, it's it's a pleasure. If they, <laughs> I, if I cannot help someone, I mean, uh, uh, funny thing about it is that. Um, once I came back to, the, to join University of Rochester after taking three months of break, I met our, I think uh, Mark Boko, is is still the uh, universe, uh, uh, Department of Electrical uh, and Computers? He could be. I don't know. He, yeah, he, I don't know. He was a chair at that time.
0: Mm-hmm. And he
1: told me, do you know it was $8,000? <laughs> I was like, I have to pay $8,000. And I'm like, I'm joking. And I'm like, oh, okay, because I don't have $8,000 right now. I just have, you know, you know I was so naive at that time, you know. It's okay. Mm. Be that, you know, be vulnerable. Um, you will realize who are your friends and they will check up on you. And it doesn't have anything to do with your age group or your gender or whoever you're talking to or a country of origin, anything, nothing. Okay. Yeah. So just talk.
0: You yeah, know absolutely and and it's that aspect right it's that that aspect that you can find a lot of of support and and solace in other people and mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's the the unexpected people you know people that you might have not um thought thought about anything, and also at the same time there's people out there who might be going through things that you don't even know about right, and so it's also that that's the other the other side the other the other side of the coin with reaching out, which yeah. is you don't know how you might be helping them by reaching out and and by being a supportive person.
1: Yeah. A little act of compassion can go a long way. So Mm. what you're giving, remember, can help someone else tremendously and do not judge based on how he or she looks like Mm. or what country he's from, whether he's a local or not, um, whether he's older or younger than you, doesn't matter. You know, at the core, always give them benefit of doubt and think that they're
0: compassionate. Yes, so. that's, I feel like that's an incredible note to, to end this conversation with. At yeah. least for now, you know, uh, I would be very happy to, to have another conversation with you, but yeah, that's, that's a great note uh, to, to leave it on. Thank, Thank you. you very much.
1: Bye-bye, have a good day.
0: Thank you, you too. And with that, we conclude this week's episode of the International Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Munoz, and I hope you had a wonderful time. Feel free to share this episode on social media. Find us on social media at Court, and I wish you all the very best in your journey.